0: That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: Okay, let me go to Newmarket, to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where I'm joined by our resident vet, Jane Pickett. Good afternoon to you, Jane.
2: Good afternoon, Patricia.
1: And we're straight in with questions for you. Jay, another Jane, but this time Jane in Mallow, wants to know, what makes a neutered tomcat very bossy? One of our neutered tomcats is bossing all of the other cats, not even our own cats. He seems to be bossing the neighbour's cats around the place as well. What is that? Is it anything to do with the fact that he's neutered or is it just a personality thing?
2: interesting one so normally let's say traditionally unneutered so entire male cats can sometimes be quite territorial can get involved in cat fights quite a lot and can be quite bossy and normally we put that down to quite a high level of testosterone Um, so it's hormonal essentially they're defending their territory and that's what they're pre-programmed to do Normally when a when a pet is neutered, when a cat is neutered, they don't tend to be as, let's say, territorial. They don't tend to engage in as much cat fighting as they would have if they were entire. However some of the behavior that let's say they would have had associated with being an entire male cat so uh, a male with with testicles before they were castrated some of those behaviors can be learned so if they were previously very territorial very bossy engaged in a lot of cat fighting some of that can sometimes actually be habit and um, some of it can actually be as our listener suggests be personality we're all a little bit different you know like there's there's a great variety of different human personalities out there and there's also a great variety of different cat personalities out there. It may just be that this one particular cat you know, is very fond of making sure that all of his resources are protected, his territory is protected and um, can potentially be a little bit sensitive to other cats in the area. So part of it could indeed be personality. I think what I would say is be reassured in the fact that he's probably doing a lot less of this bossiness now that he's neutered than he would be if he was still entire and it's always a really good responsible decision to get them neutered as well because we don't want to expand that feral cat population anymore because it's already a big problem Um, so I think yes probably quite bossy I think if there are cats in particular he's beating up let's say next door neighbours and things like that it is always really good I suppose um, having lived in, let's say, an urban area where there would have been a lot of cats in a similar situation, um, it is always good to make that connection with the neighbour and, you know, make them aware that you're aware of what's going on and try and figure out if there's any ways that you could try and, let's say, keep the cats apart or have their times where they go outside staggered so that, let's say, every cat is safe and every cat can be stress free outside as far and as is possible.
1: Because he may never grow out of it.
2: No, you might not. Some some will settle, some will settle and they'll kind of learn how they fit in the pecking order of the cats in the surrounding area and things might calm down. But there is the possibility he'll always just be a little bit bossy.
1: (laughs) A bit bit of a bully. Okay, a West Cork listener says, hi, Jane, could you advise me, please, on what to do? Our chocolate Labrador was in the water swimming. We are going swimming every day. She absolutely loves it. But she seems to have caught her claw and it seems to be falling off. I've put a bandage and some antiseptic cream on it. And I'm just wondering, would it eventually fall off or what should I do? A West Cork listener
2: okay okay yeah this is always a really common one that we see and it's really stressful for the owner because obviously your pet is in quite quite a lot of discomfort quite immediately when this little nail has been broken and for your pet as well it's a really sore thing I think I wouldn't underestimate how uncomfortable it can be to have a little nail like this kind of rip or fall off and sometimes it happens if they're simply unlucky and they happen to get a, a claw stuck in something it's usually the little dew claws so the ones on the inside of the leg that aren't in contact with the ground it's normally those ones that get caught in things but not always it can be any claw um it is exactly like us if we happen to break an nail and it was half hanging on if you can imagine kind of walking around every day um and having that in contact with the floor and everything you come into contact with it's really kind of sore and irritating every time it's moved it will fall away eventually but what i would stress is just to minimize the discomfort to your dog I would advise visiting your vet for them to remove the nail. Now, it could be a very simple procedure, or or depending on how much of the nail is left remaining, it might require a, a sedation or a general anesthetic, but it's better off than kind of half hanging on, causing a lot of pain and discomfort for your dog. As well, it is really important to just make sure there's no signs of infection, so your vet will be able to check the, the nail bed, so the little quick of the nail that's left and see if there's any infection because obviously it's it's almost like an open wound it's the perfect hotbed nice moist warm area that infection can set in if, if it's abnormal with the nail being ripped off so just to prevent any knock on issues as well such as infection it really is better to visit your vet about this one but well done on the initial first aid of bandaging it and making sure it was nice and clean but I think it's best to pop to your vet at this point
1: just to get it checked uh, hi Patricia yeah. question for Jane um, I've just got an eight week old puppy. congratulations uh, advice please on a good product for fleas ticks and mites she's about two kilos in weight
2: okay great well first and foremost congratulations as you said Patricia this is this really exciting time for everybody involved in the family and also really well done on having a solid think about what's a good product as a preventative um, measure for worms and fleas now what I would say is there are some kind of simple golden rules I, I can't give you an absolute name of a product to use But what I would say is speak to your local vet, whatever vet you're planning on using for your dog um, or a cat if it was a kitten, then do speak to them and ask them what products are available and what would suit you, your lifestyle and your pet the best. Now, there are some simple rules of thumb that you can use. I would always advise using a flea and worm product that is safe and is well tested. And to do that, you're going to have to be buying it at a vet's or at a licensed pharmacy. Okay, because it means that we're allowed to sell products that have been effectively tested and are licensed. So they have a special license to be able to be sold and we know that they work really well. There are a lot of products on the market that are sold in other places that don't go through the same degree of rigorous testing that a product that will be sold in a a vets or in a pharmacy would be, but also they don't have the same rigorous safety testing. So we don't know if they really work very well and we don't know if they're really very safe. So I think regardless of the actual name of the product, speak to your vet because they will be the best person to guide you as to what they have available locally. Um, And also to have a deeper chat about your your pet's risk factors, what you plan on doing, the area you live in and the risks specific to to your area. Like I know around here, around us, there's a lot of woodland area and the ticks, um, a tick cover is absolutely essential where we live because there is a huge tick population and it becomes a big problem. Whereas that may not be as bigger problem in other local areas. But your vet will be the best person to know exactly what cover you need. But well done on thinking about it. It's really important to keep up to date with it longer term. Um, So I'm sure your vet will be able to sort you out.
1: Okay, Hi, uh, Jane. My little indoor chihuahua loves the bath, especially in the clammy weather. We always use a dog shampoo. But my problem with it is it is a very strong odour. Could I use one of our human shower gels or do you think that it may irritate his skin?
2: I I think I'd be right to be a little bit concerned like it might or it might not but I to be honest I wouldn't take the chance um generally uh dog and puppy shampoos are made to suit the ph and also the kind of the the fat barrier that uh, that a normal dog coat will form and that's very different to a normal let's say um a normal ph of our skin and the normal kind of factors that we have to keep our skin healthy so it really is best to stick to the dog shampoos now if the one you have has a very strong smell don't hesitate to look around and look for other brands because I know like there's there's, this I know we have some lovely smelling ones we have some that that are not very scented at all so I'm sure your local vet or pet shop will be able to they'll probably have selection of different ones and maybe just say to them you want something that doesn't have a particular scent um, and they might be able to sort you out with something but I, I, I think on another note I would avoid washing too frequently Um, so I'd say at an absolute maximum of once every two or three weeks unless your pet gets very very dirty and needs a bath obviously but really it's, it's more of a case of in order to keep the skin healthy, it has to have a certain amount of, of oils and fats build up on its surface. And that's part of the skin barrier as well. So every time we wash a pet, um, it can strip a little bit of that away. Now in a lot of cases, the shampoos are made so that they make as, as little of a dent in that as possible. But if we're washing very frequently, it can actually dry the skin out. So just be a little bit careful. careful
1: with the Okay. Out. And then the listener has having problems. My pups, 12 weeks old, are refusing to eat their puppy nuts. Just won't eat them anymore. I've tried two different types. They're Fine to eat to drink water, they're actually drinking loads of water, but they won't drink the puppy nuts. It's been going on for the last four days and I'm starting to worry about them.
2: Okay. So I assume from what our listener said that the puppies are otherwise well and very happy. If they're not, you need to visit your vet because puppies don't have a lot of kind of reserve and to make sure they're okay. If it's really simply that they're just turning their nose up at it, try soaking the nuts, so kind of warm water to soak the nuts for ten minutes and they'll almost kind of balloon up and become a little bit soft. And just make sure that it's nice and cold so kind of either lukewarm or even colder. Just test a little bit on the back of your wrist exactly like a baby's bottle to make sure it's cold enough um, to feed to your puppies. But sometimes just warming it a little bit very, very gently with that water and having it a little bit softer can sometimes really tempt them to get used to a particular food. And try not to be switching too frequently between different brands because that can upset things a little bit. Um, but if you have any concerns, visit or vet, but I try soaking them first.
1: Have they taste buds?
2: They do, yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, my goodness. Dogs have way more taste buds than we have. They're very astute little tasters, so they are.
1: Okay, so, but don't be, t- I'm a, but don't be chopping and changing. If they get one that they like, kind exactly. of to stick with that, yeah. okay.
2: Try to, yeah, as far as possible.
1: Okay. All right, listen, have a great week, and uh, we'll chat to you again next uh, Thursday. And thanks for joining us. Thank Good you. afternoon cheer. bye bye. That is Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.
2: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.